back to KSCJ Radio, 1360 AM, 94.9 FM in Sioux City, Iowa. I'm Brian Vikalskis, and this is Having Read That, conversations with authors about their books. And I'm joined by the number one New York Times bestselling author, Richard Paul Evans, who is out with a brand new novel. This one is called A Christmas Memory. We've read Richard's writings and books for years and years, going all the way back to the Christmas box, and this is a brand new one for this holiday season. Richard, very personal story here. Take us back to 1967 when this story began, because it's an absolute gut wrench of how this story started. Well, it starts with my my brother um, is killed in the Vietnam War, and um, in in reality, this is a novel, so it, we had another loss, and that uh, we ended up moving from our home in Pasadena and moving to a rat-infested abandoned home in Salt Lake City. The story is about a really, it was a very difficult time in my life. There was um, an old man, Mr. Foster, who took care of me during that time. It's just a kind old man. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's just one of those books that, that feels good and makes you cry. The story, I know, came from your heart, and you've written tons of things over the years, all kinds of books in print. When you write something from the heart that is so personal to you, is there a certain level of difficulty that you don't experience when you write a, something that's strictly a novelization? In some ways, uh, because when you write, you're in a very, you're alone, right? It's a very personal setting. This one was different in some ways, and... Because I was very sick when I wrote it. Last year at this time, I had pneumonia and was very, very sick. And then I caught COVID somehow on top of that. And uh, I was close to being hospitalized. We talked to the doctor almost every day. And in the middle of this, thinking, and then I had a friend pass away who had the exact same thing. And in the middle of this, all of a sudden, this book starts coming to me. And my wife brought me a notepad because I wasn't getting out of bed. And I just start writing this. And I, I thought, you know, with that COVID fog, it's probably going to be awful. Months later, when I started to recover, I picked up that notebook and started reading it, and I thought, this may be the best thing I've ever written. And so I've written 45 New York Times bestsellers, and and this may be my favorite of all my books. When you write, you talked about the notepad. Is writing notepad outside of the norm for you, or is that how you normally write? I I have to write with pencils. It sounds kind of strange. I have Tourette syndrome, and um, one of the... um, the thing that comes from this is the need to touch sharp objects. I write with really sharp pencils. I'll have dozens of them sharpened and ready to go. And then once I get on the computer, then I edit there. And then I, or I put it down and then I you know, come back and edit in sharp pencils. So um, writing a notepad, wasn't, it's a slow way of going, but it's not necessarily out of the ordinary. Well, when you write in a notepad, I would think that some of the ideas that you may have self-edited that you end up wanting to keep in just stay there because it's not like you can completely erase things out of there. You just cross out, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, there's just something so just so literal about when you write with pencil and graphite and, and you know, you, I'm drawing pictures in the, in the margins <laughs> and it's, it's just, I mean, a book is, again, such a personal thing. When you read this book, um, just, I mean, the fact that it's a huge bestseller, it's number five in the New York Times bestseller list, and, um, but for me, it was like, it's very, very personal for just a few people. So that's just how the experience feels. There's a lot of descriptions of aloneness in the book. And, you know, just from the childhood of parents going through a relationship problems to going to a new school and all that, the Mr. Foster character, 
you have a disclaimer at the beginning of the book that I never, I didn't actually think was necessary. Maybe somebody at your editing did, but can you explain uh, what the purpose of putting that disclaimer in? Because I thought the Mr. Foster character was sweet, and I guess it's just a sign of the times that maybe doesn't resonate with my life. Well, I'm glad that does the disclaimer you're talking about, I believe, is the one that said that you wouldn't allow a, a young boy to just, you know, walk over to old man's house. Sure. Today. Um, and the thing is, my parents were really gone during that time of my life. My mother was suffering from very severe depression. She would go in her room for days. Um, I mean, I, I'd go days without seeing her. Um, my father was trying to rebuild a life. He worked all the time, and he just wasn't really hands-on with with children anyway so um, it was a really difficult time and so just to have a good uh, man and and someone said to me wow it's refreshing to read about a really strong male role model and you know Mr. Foster is African American um, and so it's a very it's a very unique combination you know this this older black man taking care of a young white boy Um, and it was really beautiful I I, I think if I were to tell you to read any of my books, it'd probably be this or the Christmas box because just the response people are having is kind of off the charts. They're they're, they're having really powerful emotions. I've had a movie offering already. I, I think it's um, a book that will stay stay with you. They say that humor is tragedy plus time. And is there ever an attempt to look back on some of these tragedies that you suffered and to try to make them humorous? Because it's not something that you really do. Oh, I like that. I like that saying. Well, and there is humor in the book um, because, I mean, the boy is cute. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if I get humor out of this. I think I get insight, and I also get gratitude. There, uh, there are some really powerful things that happened at this time in my life, and I'm grateful for them. And even the really difficult things that made me who I am. But, um, you know, when I... When I was editing this book, I had trouble getting through it because I would cry for that little boy. And uh, so my, my wife, when she read it, she, she was, it was really painful for her to read because she knew how much of it was true. And so um, I, I, I think it gives this perspective of time and looking back and then wondering if, if I'm that kind of man, like Mr. Foster. You've written so much over the years, and this story, you, you say it might be the best thing you've ever written, or at least that you think it is. Could this story have been written thirty years ago instead of the Christmas box, or what made it so? What made it so pertinent to, that it didn't come around till now? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I don't. You know, I don't know any. The stories seem to have a timing of their own, and so um, that, that's a really good question. I don't know. I had, it, see, I the Christmas box. I was I was learning and experiencing fatherhood. And that's what that book was about, and it, I kind of get this sense that this is what the world needed. You know, at the time of the Christmas box, USA Today wrote on the cover, you know, at the time, at the time families were feeling fractured. It's like maybe this is the message the world needs right now. So I, I felt this way when this book came out. 1967 was very much like today. You know, the, um, the race riots and the feelings and the political turmoil. And it, it, it almost felt like after I read it, it's like this is a book that was meant for this time. Are there certain characters that you can write now that you couldn't have written years ago just because you've matured in life and have experienced so much? That, you, know, you have really good questions. Um, yeah, it, that's, abso- that's absolutely true. Um, because 
I evolve. I, I look at these books and um, as I go back, I, I rarely go back and, and read them. But each one's a different experience and, and a different part of my life. Uh, for instance, the um, I'm finding right now my there's a movie on Netflix, uh, The Noel Diary, that was made from my book. It was the number one book in the it was the number one movie on Netflix. Um, so in the world, just two weeks ago, it's still um, a massive. That's all. I think I've, more than seventy million people have watched it. And that was partially based on my childhood, too. And so it started Justin Hartley of This Is Us. And, um, and he said, you know, he goes, this is kind of your story, isn't it? This is part of it. Yeah. Are there certain aspects of your life that you would never write about? And I, I don't mean the details of it, but are there certain things that you like to keep? Because it seems like you are a very open person when you write. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to um, not draw from my life. My wife once said that to me. She said, you know, you just share too much. And in fact, years ago, I wrote a blog called How I Saved My Marriage. It had more than 140 million readers. And um, my wife absolutely hated it, even though she had heard me tell this many times. Um, and she just said, you know, you share too much. And I said, I don't know how to write and not be honest. But actually, that's what she said. She said, you're too honest. And I said, well, I don't know if that's possible. I, I think there's not enough honesty in this world right now. And that's why people connect. They read it. And so, like, when you read A Christmas Memory, when someone sits down and reads this book, they feel like they're reading about themselves. They feel like we're having a dialogue, just the two of us. And I love that about it. That's a phenomenal book. It's called A Christmas Memory by Richard Paul Evans. It's available everywhere. And if you haven't read anything by Richard Paul Evans, if you're that person out there that hasn't ever read a Richard Paul Evans book, go pick something up and uh, start with The Christmas Box. It's a fantastic story. Richard, fantastic offering here for the holiday season, and I thank you for joining me to talk about it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Take care. This has been Having Read That on KSCJ Radio. I'm Brian Vakalskis. Check out all of our episodes on our website, kscj.com, and subscribe to our iTunes podcasts. Thanks to music historian Molly Jolly and segment producer John Weasler. We will be back next time.